Hey guys, and welcome to episode 5 of the XTC Tech Show. I'm your host, Fahad. And today is a milestone in the XTC Tech Podcast. And I say this because this is episode 5. According to the stats out there, most people, when they start a podcast, episode 5 is where they start to wane and kind of give up on podcasting. They lose the motivation and kind of the enjoyment of podcasting. So, I'm happy to report that not only am I even more motivated, I'm very happy and have great plans for the show. So, we have reached our first milestone. Our next milestone will probably be episode 10, but that's to come later. Today, we have eight bookmarks lined up, and they range from computers to mobile, cell phones, to gaming, like usual. So, like usual, we're going to start off with computers and kind of the internet. So, our first story. Border offers Kobo e-reader. So, I'm sure everyone's heard of all these new e-readers out now. They're kind of becoming a craze. Not so much like the netbooks where everyone's starting to get one, but the e-books are starting to gain in popularity. And some notable ones are the Sony e-reader, then you have the Nook from Barnes & Nobles, and then, of course, the Amazon Kindle. And that's kind of what these three are kind of the ones that are making ebooks, e readers, excuse me, more popular. Now, like I just read, Borders now is going to come out with their own called the Kobo. And the Kobo really is not different from any of the other ones. In fact, the front faceplate, the front of the device, looks exactly the same. The article, which whose link will be in the show notes, like usual, can like you can go there and look at the picture. It looks just like the kind of like the Kindle, except there's a little like touchpad kind of thing at the bottom. That's the only difference. The color's the same, button placement is about the same, logo's in the same place. So what makes the excuse me, the Kobo what makes this Kobo so much more different and better? Well, the po the Kobo, not Pobo, excuse me. The Kobo's price. It's only one forty nine ninety nine. Now, for some of us, that's really expensive. For me, I'm on a tight budget. It's a little too expensive, but it's coming into my range for e-books or e-readers, excuse me. So, here's a little price comparison. The, the Nook, Kindle, and the Sony, depending on what size you get it in, is $259. And the Kobo is $149. So, that's a little bit more than $100 difference, which is a big deal. And it really doesn't say in this article too much about the Kobo because I was kind of wondering if it had the 3G feature like the Kindle, which is very nice from what I've heard. So that article is over at PCWorld.com. It's, the Kobo is not out yet. It will be out in early June. So that article, again, is over at PCWorld.com. Next up, we're talking about Intel. The name of this article is Intel to launch new processors for ultra-thin laptops. So we all know that Intel came out with the Core i3, Core i5, and Core i7, which are now being even made, being made even more popular by the new MacBook upgrade. So now Intel is going to launch these new processors for ultra-thin laptops. And these new processors will be available under Intel's Core i3 and Core i5 brands, and they'll power laptops that are ultra-thin. Now, what is the definition of an ultra-thin laptop by Intel standards? Well, they say that it's laptops that are as portable as netbooks but have larger screens and greater functionalities. 
these ultra thin laptops are usually priced between 400 US dollars and 800 US dollars and they're all PCs, no Macs. And so they say that these ultra thin laptops with these processors will provide enough performance that is adequate to run standard applications and high definition multimedia. And here are the pricing for them. The Core i3 is set to be 133 US dollars and the Core i5 is supposed to be 294 US dollars according to the Intel price list. But these the main thing about these processors is they'll be faster than the Atom chips which are used in the netbook. So when you're paying that much, you're definitely cuz if you look at the price, the Core i5 is 50 bucks less than an average netbook. So for 50 bucks more, you could get an actual netbook instead of just the processor. So when you buy this processor for $300, you're for sure getting more processing powers that is definitely faster than the netbook. So in my opinion, from what I'm reading about these stats, it seems like it's really worth it. Now, this article is also over at PCWorld.com, and all specific links, like usual, will be available in the show notes. Next up, we're talking about Apple, like we usually do. This is called Apple Developing a Flash Alternative. I'm sure you guys have heard about the Apple-Adobe kind of little fight that's going on, the little conflict. And if you haven't, then please check out our previous episodes. I believe in episode 3 is when we really started talking about it, but episode 4, we also discussed it a little. Well, now, it gets a little bit more interesting, this little battle, because... Apple, which refused to allow, allow Flash support on all the iDevices, meaning iPhone, iPod, iPad. Well, now they they have a technology which is called Gyuendua. And I'm probably mispronouncing that, but the spelling is G-I-A-N-D-U-I-E. And Apple first kind of introduced it last summer. And it's, it's described as a client-side, standards-based framework for rich internet apps. And they've been using this Gyandua for several of their retail support applications, including one-to-one, the iPhone re- reservation system, and the concierge program for Genius Bar and personal shopping reservations. So, I just said a lot, but what does that mean? It means that Apple is... Well, if you listen to episode 4... Adobe said in response to Apple that they're moving on from the Apple platform, meaning the Mac platform. Well, not exactly the Mac, excuse me, the i platform from the iPhone, iPad, iPod. And so in response to this, Apple is developing their own Flash alternative. And they have made it very, very clear that they want to support HTML5, JavaScript, and CSS instead of Flash. And HTML is... HTML5 is something that uh, Apple is actually converting all their stuff to because it's the alternative to Flash. So this article is over at CNET.com. Next up, we're going to be talking about the cell phone companies or cell phone, mobile, whatever you want to call it. This is about Nokia. The name of this article is Nokia sues Apple for patent infringement. Apple's been in the news a lot lately and... 50%, 50%, in my opinion, is good. The other 50% is, yeah, obviously bad. So, the world's biggest mobile phone maker, Nokia, has filed a lawsuit against Apple claiming that the iPad 3G and the iPhone infringe on five of its patents. 
And they say that the infringements involve technology used to enhance speech and data transmission and antenna innovations for compact devices. And Apple has been in a lot of legal battles for the iPhone, and this is, really isn't something unusual. This happens a lot in the tech world. But Nokia says that they, for the past two decades, they've invested $51 billion in research and development and have rounded up 11,000 patents. And last year, Nokia even filed a similar suit which claimed that various Apple products infringed on Nokia patents. And what Apple did for that last lawsuit is they responded with a countersuit against Nokia for infringing Apple patents with its smartphones. So something to look at, guys. They said uh, that the article, excuse me, says that the Nokia lawsuit came on the day Apple announced that its iPad tablet computer will go on sale in nine countries outside the U.S. on the 28th of May. And Apple, like I was saying, is actually involved in a little legal battle with other companies as well. I mean, you've got the whole Adobe thing because Adobe is suing them because they believe that since Apple pulled this kind of little... I don't know the right word for it. This little trick, even though that's not exactly the right word. They uh, Adobe has sued in the claim that iPhone's app support for PC users was the main feature of Flash CS5. So they have it coming from all angles. They have it coming from Adobe and now Nokia. And also in the mobile world, Apple is also involved in another legal row with Taiwan's HTC, the maker of Google's Nexus One phone. And HTC is saying that it has also infringed – Apple, that is – has also infringed on their patented technology. So this article is over at – where is it over at? <laughs> oh, it's over at n4g.com via BBC. All right. So now on to gaming. If you guys listen to episode four of the XCC Tech Show, you guys heard that the Sony Sony has removed the install other OS feature from the PS3 in a new firmware update, which which effectively got rid of the Linux. And of course, they got sued by some person, and his name is Todd Densmore, and he's from Georgia. Ooh, representing. <laughs> well, it's um, it's now. Well, Sony really they haven't really shown any inclination. That's a good word. Inclination towards actually selling the matter or actually do, like giving us back the Linux feature. But now there are two more lawsuits against Sony. For the same exact reasons. And the copies of each lawsuit can be found on the link to the article. And this article is over at IGN.com. Next up, we're talking again about Activision. You guys know I love to rant about Activision and Infinity Ward and the little shenanigan debacle that they're going through. And you guys can listen to the previous episodes. I believe from episode 2, we started discussing this. So... This is the latest update on it. I'll keep. I'll try to keep it short because I don't want to bore you guys with reiterating everything. But what is now? What's happening now is well, we all know that Call of Duty Black Ops was announced, and Activision also acquired Bungie, which is you know the maker of Halo, great company. And they didn't exactly acquire it, but they made a ten-year deal, exclusive deal. So now, what's with Activision? Well, this this article kind of just talks about where are they now. 
West and Zampella, the two who first got fired and kind of started all this, they have gone through and they have filed a $36 million. I think it's million. I don't think it's billion. Yeah, $36 million lawsuit, which they're probably going to settle. I mean, there's no other. They're not really going to go to trial or anything. And now this article kind of talks about what's the future for Activision. And according to this article, they think that Activision is not going to take a hit at all and that Black Ops has definitely come out on time, which is set to come out at November 9th, 2010. And they feel like this is just a little speed hump kind of thing for Activision. And they'll get through it, especially with the acquisition of acquisition of Bungie on their side, and they also own Blizzard, which is the maker of World of Warcraft and StarCraft, so they seem to be doing really good, and I seem to agree with this article, I see where they're coming from, and it makes sense, Activision, although this is a little road bump, like I said, it's not going to be that, it's not going to affect them as much in the long run, but Weston Zampella, now what about them? I believe, as does the article, that they will do fine. They ma- they were able to make one of the best games ever, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And now they have their own company, Respawn Entertainment, which has now signed up with Electronic Arts, EA Games, to make some unknown game. And I believe that they'll come out with some great shooters, which will then compete with Activision. So, that's the update for that. And this article is also over at N4G.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next up, we're talking again about Sony and kind of Nintendo. So, sort of Sony, a lot of Nintendo. This is what Nintendo CEO is saying. Battle with Sony is over. Apple is the enemy of the future. That's right. So, Nintendo has... They've been pretty successful, and I'll explain in a little bit why. That's our next bookmark. But, Nintendo a month before... Their president, Regis Phyllis Aim, claimed that the iPhone OS, which is, you know, used on the iPhone, iPad, etc., wasn't a viable profit platform for game development. And now, they're coming out and saying that Apple is the primary enemy of the future. And this, this is according to the Times Online, and it's saying that... Nintendo feels that the battle with Sony is a victory already won, and they believe that the next wave of gaming won't be the traditional sit-on-your-couch-and-slam-buttons variety. And this, everyone kind of saw this coming, because the PSP has never been able to compete with the DS. The DS just appeals to too many people. The games are way more fun. The PSP has a lot more problems than the Nintendo DS. It wasn't as successfully marketed. And so there's a variety of reasons, and these are all in my opinion. I do own both, and this kind of snuck up, snuck up on me because I didn't realize that Nintendo was so far ahead of Sony. I knew that PS3 sales were kind of lacking, and of course I knew about PSP sales, but still, it kind of hurts. And now Nintendo's next goal is what I'm going to talk about next. <laughs> so this article is over at Engadget.com. Guys, go check it out. This, this should be a good battle, though. I feel like Apple might win, but Nintendo will hold its own. That's just my feeling. Of course, I might be proven wrong in the next couple of months. But to me, the iPhone gaming is developing like crazy. As an iPhone developer, I, I've seen what people are doing. I'm also a beta tester for quite a few companies out there. And so, I mean, they have some good stuff coming out, and Nintendo's really going to have to step up the game. They already have some already established franchises like Mario, which is giving them the advantage and what eventually helped them to knock out Sony. But now, again, about the DS. 
D- the Nintendo DS becomes best-selling handheld in history. The DS beats Game Boy for the best-selling game handheld, and now they have their sights set on the PS2's record. Although this month's profits for Nintendo have been kind of low, so meaning declining, they have now announced that the Nintendo DS family, which includes the original DS, which I have, the DSi, and the DSi XL, and now they are now the best-selling gaming handheld of all time, with a total of 129 million units sold. And who was the previous record holder? I already said it. The Nintendo's own Game Boy. And man, I love that. I have my Game Boy Color. I have an Advance. And I've played the original Nintendo Game Boy. They're amazing. They definitely deserve that. So, I think, and so does this article. It's kind of ironic. Because I remember when the DS first came out, people were giving it so much crap. Saying, oh man, this is for kids. No good games. Graphics suck. Too cartoony. The touchscreen sucks. It's going to overheat. The liquid might fall out. And all this crap. And now, the best-selling game system. Or handheld game system. Excuse me. And... I think that the reason for this surge in DS sales and what has eventually helped it is so uh, – excuse me, not Sony. Nintendo sticking to their franchises. And what I mean by that is they've been developing great games that are based on the Mario franchise. You have great Mario games, Partners in Time, all this good stuff. And then you have the Pokemon games taking it to another level on the DS. If you guys haven't picked up Soul Silver or Heart Gold and you guys have a DS, you should check it out. Great games. They're really innovating the game system with the new Pokey Walkers and a whole new systems with the global Wi-Fi trade and all this. The PSP just can't keep up with it, and that's why. And this is why I believe that the Nintendo DS has been so successful, aside from the fact that it had so much criticism in the beginning. And now they're trying to reach the best-selling game system console of all time with this DS. Nintendo is, that is. And that's the PS2. And the Sony's PS2 console has sold a total of 140 million units thus far. And so with the Nintendo DS and the 3DS coming out next year, well, it might be late this year. Depends Depends on what rumor you hear. But I believe, and so does this article, that it'll easily catch the PS2. But PS2 is still getting sales, guys. I mean, this thing is not going down easily. Sony's got to kind of step it up, in my opinion. I think it kind of looks bad when Nintendo can say that and have evidence to back it up that they have effectively won the battle against Sony. I love my PS3, and I really don't like my Wii as much, guys. I mean, recommend me some games. I haven't touched my Wii in a while. So, I don't know why everyone's hating on the PS3, but they're definitely hating but the hate's been kind of, like, going away thanks to God of War 3. But PS3 sales have been really down. And so, I don't know why, though. Because I love my PS3. But Nintendo has really brought it home with the DS and Wii. They're, they're really hitting hard. And they're doing a good job. And Apple, like I was saying, is a great competitor that's coming up. And they're kind of sneaking up on these game uh, game makers. So this article is... Over at N4G.com. So that does it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Again, this was episode 5, a big milestone in XTC Tech podcast history. Please check out our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash XT.
TC Tech. We have a great community there, and we have finally a lot of subscribers. You guys have been awesome, if you're listening, you YouTubers. We also have a Twitter. Please follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash xtctech. Check out our blog at xtctech.wordpress.com. Finally, you can become a fan on Facebook, and you can email me at xtctechblog at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, guys.